Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Well, hi, Heidi. Hi, Mom. You know, we've got a great show today, and I love it because our guest has some simple ideas for people and simple practices that they could do after grief and loss. It's so important to have some ideas of what you can do. Absolutely, Mom. And our guest today is Jan Warner, and we are going to be talking about Grief Speaks Out. And like you said, she has things that, we, that people can do out there that we can all do. Her, the name of her book is called Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance. So we're going to be talking about some of the simple practices and daily guidance out there. And you, we're going to tell you how you can get her book. Jan Warner has created Grief Speaks Out, which is an online community that offers support and strength to over two and a half million grief warriors around the world, Mom. And she's also produced several films. So welcome to the show, Jan. Thank you so much. Hi, Jan. Hi. Great to have you on. Thank you. Now, your husband died, right? That guy, did that kind of get you into the grief and loss world? Yes, after a while. He, it's going to be 10 years this uh, July, and I'm having a little trouble dealing with that. Mm. For the first six months, I considered suicide. I was Whoa. just a total mess. Mm. And then I thought, how do I give meaning to my life? Mm -hmm. He was he was a recovering alcoholic who was always available to other drunks and addicts. And I thought I can make myself available to other grieving people. And if I reach one person, that'll be enough. I have a master's in counseling degree and I have training in hypnotherapy and other things. So, Yeah, I, th I thought that was interesting when I saw that you had a counseling degree. And, and I don't know if you found and we found, obviously you realized that there wasn't that much grief support out there that was... Uh, Helpful to you? The, the biggest misconception about grief is that it's time limited. Even now, people keep trying to solve a trauma that happened in 2009. They don't get that the trauma happens every day when you wake up because you have to live without your mother, father, daughter, husband, son, cousin, best friend, put the person's name in. So it's, it's mm -hmm. an ongoing trauma that you can live with with joy but it, people need to acknowledge that you can be sad and happy both. Well, I, I love that, Jan, the idea that you can be sad and happy both. And it's interesting because last year I created a class at Columbia in the School of Social Work called Traumatic, Life Over, Traumatic Loss Over the Life Course. Mm. So I'm looking at how our losses impact us throughout our entire life. And I, I like that you're saying that because like you said, there's not a beginning and an ending. They transform, their, it's different, but... Mm -hmm you know, it's constant in our lives. And a lot of the decisions we make were because we had people that we loved in our lives that are no longer here. Right, that's correct. And I think that's the biggest education for people is part of what I do is support, but also mm -hmm. that if somebody says to you, my father died 17 years ago to say, oh, your grief is really new. What ways do you miss them? And then you mm -hmm. open for the person to talk about it and it becomes something that's alive in your life and not something that you have to hide. I love that question. What ways have you missed them? I love that. That's so sweet. Because people usually say, 
oh, well, I got married and my father wasn't there. Or for me, you know, I wake up and I want to go, honey, can you believe what's going on with politics? And I can mm -hmm. say it, but I can't get his living response. So things happen almost every day when you miss somebody that was close. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I noticed that you've done a play, a one woman show you did, and uh, you've written things in a movie and, um, and you did even a conference at one time, right? Right. Well, it happened, the conference was a long time ago, but the, what happened was when my husband died, I got therapy, I did bereavement groups, I did all the typical things, and I went, everything is too sad. So I took a class in comedy sketch writing, and the teacher said, why are you here? And I said, well, my husband died, so I thought I'd do comedy. And I got a combination <laughs> of laughing and, <gasps> and then I took storytelling and that was how the one woman show came. So I realized I had to actively put in my thing, my life, things that weren't just about his death. And then it took me, unfortunately, about four years to realize his life is more important than his death. All I ever talk about is my dead husband and that's, he is dead. But he had a life. He loved life. So I need to celebrate that as well as be sad that he's not here anymore. Uh, love that. Fantastic. So talk about the internet comes along and you, you're already involved in the grief and loss and finding happiness and all that. Talk about how you got onto the internet and how, what you made you decide to do that. Well, at the beginning, I thought I would write a blog and it was fairly easy for me to figure out how to write a blog and that built up and then somebody said you have to start a Facebook page and I went what and I started a Facebook page and called grief speaks out and she said well I liked it and she went I went now I have to put something on it so I've been doing it for almost six years now every day there are seven posts and I went hundred likes thinking a thousand likes would be respectable to having over 2.4 million likes from almost every country in the world. That's amazing. What do you think, what do you think you're doing that is resonating and touching people? I mean, you've obviously are really speaking to people and what they're going through. Well, it's a couple of things. One is on the internet, if you have a site or a Facebook page, if you have constant content, then people keep coming back to see what you're writing. Mm -hmm. But it's always supporting people where they are and acknowledging their pain even in the book, like I have a section on, I'm going to ask you to move. And I say, you can go to the gym or go for a run, or you can just move your little finger. So mm, I like that. you're not crazy. You're okay. You're grieving. A lot of people are going through what you're going through, but also you might find some light. You might look at something beautiful. You might find something fun. You might've already done that accidentally and you just didn't notice it yet. So I think it's also that balance of dark and light. And I found that, in every culture in the world, people are not allowed to express their grief because mm -hmm. otherwise, why would somebody from India or Pakistan or Vietnam mm -hmm. message mm -hmm. me? I still get a little confused, but they message me and they'll ask me questions. And normally all they need is for me to say, um, it's really painful and what you're going through is, is normal. Well, Jim, I like the idea, and mom, I know you're gonna like this too, that you can go for a run at the gym or there's, an, there's a continuum. You can just move the, your little finger because sometimes we set people up for failure when we say, you need to go exercise at the gym every day for an hour. I mean, it's not, like you said, sometimes all they can do is to move their little finger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to start where they are. I bought a plaque 
when my husband first died because it made me laugh and I still have it. It says, have an adequate day. And I read <laughs> yeah, Have a good day is a lot of pressure, but I could have an adequate day. <laughs> right. It's really important if somebody says, I haven't been out of the house in six months, it's not as that normal, but is that the kind of life you want to have? Maybe you mm -hmm. can go out for five minutes. Maybe you can have a friend come over. Um, so it's where they are is fine, but then can you move a little bit? And then obviously it's move a little bit more after that. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, uh, and I like the fact that you're talking about all, all cultures have this problem. Talk a little bit about your book because I, I want you to mention some of the things that people can do uh, in, on a day-by-day -day basis besides, yeah, you talk about moving your little finger, which I think is super. <laughs> The book is set up so there are 52 themes, one per week, 10 days in a week. So there's seven quotes, one for each day, and each quote has commentary by me as does the theme, and it has what I call a grief whisper exercise to go with it. So what's good about the book is that you can, as some people do, read it from the first to the last page, or you can just say... I'm feeling desperate today and go, oh, there's a section on despair. Or I'm oh, I like that. Confused. There's a section on confusion or nothing is going right. Oh, look, there's a section on hope because every five weeks, they're what I call resting places. And they kept asking me, make the book more cheerful. And I would say, no, when I'm talking about sadness or despair or nobody understands me, that's not a place to be cheerful. When I'm talking about hope, faith, beauty, the resting places, those are the places to be cheerful. For me, grief is painful. It's always going to be painful when my husband is dead. And I'm always going to have reactions to it, especially around holidays or his birthday or my birthday. There was a doctor, Dr. Stolero, and he talks about finding a relational home for grief. So that's what I call a resting place. If I wake up and I'm feeling that my grief monster is really big and is taking over, what can I do after I attend to that to rest, to say, okay, I get it. I'm really angry. I'm really in pain. I'm really lonely. But now what? And it might be something simple like meditating or going to the gym or going out with a friend, or it might just be finding a beautiful picture to look at or reading a Facebook or something online that makes me laugh. It's where can I go? What can I find that makes me comfortable? Also, what can I do to get my memories back? One of the most important exercises in the book is about reclaiming your memories. So the things that gave you joy continue to give you joy as opposed to just being painful because it'll never happen again. Because that's one of the terrible things that grief does sometimes is it robs us of the joy of our memories. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I like that you refer to the grief as the grief monster. Mm -hmm. So you externalize it and take it out of the person. And it's like, okay, how can we slay this grief monster or make it less, you know, big? I, li I like the, the, the way that you think about it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Tame. I use the word tame instead of... Um, I like that. Because it, it, it's, it, it has many lives and it comes back in many ways. Um, even Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, everybody quotes her stages, but I use a lot of her quotes because she knew that the stages didn't come in any order. Yeah. And repeat themselves. So this idea that on Monday I am going to accept and then I'm going to... It doesn't work that way. Yeah, right. And 
the end of the book, the last two sections are an acceptance and healing, and they both have question marks after it. Because mm-hmm. I know that my husband's dead, but there's part of me that will never accept it. I just can't believe it. And it, that's part of, I think, the 10-year thing. It's impossible and unbearable, and yet here I am. I've done a lot of stuff in the past 10 years that he would be proud of, and I'm kind of proud of. Right. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Now, tell people where they can find you and how they get on your Facebook page and, um, and how they get your book and everything. The book, the book is Grief day by day there it is great by jan warner and it's available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com and it's available if you google it you'll find it lots of different places because it's been around enough to show up on different places the facebook page is www.facebook.com slash grief speaks out which Grief. is the point of the whole thing. Grief doesn't need to be remain silent. It can be silent if it's easier, but grief speaks out. It's okay to talk about your grief. It's okay to honor the people that you love that have died. Wow. Thank you, Jan Warner. That's fantastic. I love what you've done. And, and I'm sure you're thinking about a lot more things to do for the future. And thank you for all you're doing on Facebook and all that. It's a, a great service. Jan, <laughs> and I love the creative really positive way that you look at the grief experience. And thanks everybody for watching this show today. And we want to remind you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.